dick uh, wolf. Yo, it is episode 204, I think. Yes, it yes, is. Yes, 204 of the Try Games podcast, where we talk about... Are we going to do this for a third week in a row? What do we talk about, Al? Video games, video games, and more video games. Oh, he wait, shit, he no, changed no, it up. Games, wait. games, He kind of changed games. it up. You did uh, that two weeks ago? I don't remember that. Two weeks ago, he said games, games, more games, 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 more games, and we brought it back last week. But that person who just asked if it happened two weeks ago, his name is what? Oh, that's me. I, I'm Pete. Pete Fluffernutter. Eating, eating candy hearts. I am Austin. I am the disheveled, uh, hungover. Actually, I'm not hungover. Uh, host of this here podcast. Uh, takes a lot more than that to get me hungover and incapacitated for the rest of the day, which has not happened yet. But I don't have a sexy voice like I did last week, so uh, that's a problem. Apparently, Austin we... hung out with Kenneth the Page last night. Oh, dude. Uh, <clears throat> I totally. I, no, I did not hang out with him because I wanted him to come back. Like, um, <laughs> you didn't want to be that guy. Yeah. Like, okay. So, so my neighborhood bar. It's not really in my neighborhood per se. It's about uh, twelve blocks away, but it's the bar that I frequent. That's uh, that's where I'm friends with the staff there. And, where everybody uh, knows, your knows your name. And <laughs> um, and they learn it if they don't know it. God damn it. And um. I, uh, you know, I come out of the bathroom, and there's a long line of, of girls waiting to use the women's bathroom, and the women's bathroom is single-use, so I'm like, I'm like, dude, like, I could wait around, the bathroom's empty if one of you want to use it, so they're like, okay, so one of them goes in, and as I'm waiting, um, I wait for about a couple of minutes, and then I hear the door opening behind me, which is just in time to see Jack McBrayer get up and head towards that same bathroom, and I was like, I was about to be like, I, shit, I don't know what to do, there is a girl in the men's room that I am guarding, <clears throat> but that is fucking Kenneth the Page. What do uh, I do? Do I tell him to wait? Or am I like, okay, he shouldn't have to wait? What do I do? And then the girl comes out, and he goes in. I'm like, oh, thank God. And the first girl, <laughs> wait, the first girl that's waiting in line, what? Can, before we continue, can, can you help me? Because only you two in this trio know who Kenneth Kenneth Page. the Page is played by Jack McBrayer, who is the comedian that also... Did you see Forgetting Sarah Marshall? Yes, I did. The, um, the guy who was like... Like God put our mouths on our heads for a reason. That guy who who the the newlywed husband who didn't know anything about sex. Oh right, yes, him. that guy. Al, he you plays don't watch Ken- Dirty Rock. He plays. I, I just introduced it to him like a, a week ago, so he's uh, hopefully going to get into it. But he is a page at uh in Thirty Rock. He's he's a guy who like helps out people do shit. Like helps out the actors. Like he he does their chores for them and all that stuff. I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, a page is supposed to be like kind of like a tour guide when people visit the NBC facility, but he became Tracy Morgan's little, you know, lapdog. Anyway, um, and so I'm like, oh, thank God. And then the first girl who's still waiting, I'm like, is that the dude from 30 Rock? And I said that kind of loud because she she gave me this like, shh, don't say it too loud face. I'm like, oh, he's one of those. <laughs> like, he doesn't like being, getting the attention. Um, and I went back to sit down at the bar and like, like my friend came over and was about to give me a drink. And I was like, dude, do, do you watch 30 Rock? He's like, yes, that's him over there. I'm like, holy shit. And he's like, he's here with John Hamm. I'm like, what? What? He's like, but John Hamm had, like, facial scruff on and a hat on. And, he's like, really being like, incognito. Yeah, you could tell it was him, though, if you recognize him. Like, if you were looking hard, like, if someone said, John Hamm is here, he's over there. And you looked and you're like, yep, that's him. But or if you just I kind of. There. Huh? Or if I was there. Yeah, because. I'm going to go on record and say I'm so gay for John Hamm. <laughs> John Hamm is a fucking man. 
Um, he 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 comes on Thirty Rock for like a, a handful of episodes, mm. but um, but totally like like if you would just walk past him as he was in conversation, you would be able to tell. Like Jack McBrayer, on the other hand, you could definitely point him out. Um, and like my other friend, she was like, she was like, that is why he, that is why uh, Jack is specifically sitting facing towards the kitchen so that he's facing away from the rest of the bar. They were at the back, the the most rear table in the bar by the kitchen. So, like, they wanted to be out of the spotlight. Jack McBrayer was facing the other way. And so I was like, all right, totally understood. I go back to the bathroom. He's, he's standing up at the bar to get a drink. And, like, there's a flock of people, guys and girls around him, just talking to him. And I see him, like, you know, being a good sport and laughing along with them. But, like, I can kind of sort of halfway tell, like, dude, he just kind of wants to have his drink in peace. So I'm not even going to go bother and, like, try to get his attention and say I like your work. I'm just going to be glad that he's graced the presence of our, I say our like I'm actually a part of it, of the bar, and just tweet about it. Um, and then, like, you know, my friends are like, oh, it didn't happen, but there's no photo evidence. I'm like, dude, I want them to come back. I'm not going to be that guy. So, yeah, but that was pretty funny. Uh, but I did not play any mobile games while I was there. I'm trying to tie this back into games. That was a bad one, but I'm trying. I'm trying. Video games. Hey. Hey, video games. life and video games. Video games. Um, yes, that was the Kenneth the Page story. But um, we're going to start off with what, we, what we've what been playing as usual. Um, there are two quick topics I do uh, think people are interested in hearing. The first one is about this kind of Penny Arcade uh, thing that happened uh, because of one of their comics. Like, they always seem to get into trouble. They must be bad people, right? Um, and the second one is just a curiosity I have about um, how, how you guys feel about the evolution of story in games. There's a very specific kind of path I want to explore with that, thanks to Doc Brown's tweets. Uh, we had a very interesting... I don't like calling them conversations because they're Twitter things, and so they're... Uh, t- fine. We had a very interesting conversation over Twitter about it. Um, I don't want to read, actually, his like his thoughts specifically because he, you know, I want to give him the opportunity to actually, like, write in an email, because he, 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 he said he'd rather do that. But I do want to talk about that subject, like, on a very broad level. So we'll get to that when we get to that. But first, Pete, you weren't here with us last week, but you're here now, so you get to go first. What have you been playing? Not a lot. Al, what you been playing? I'm Not go back to Pete. Pete. Okay, I'm going to talk, but you went to Al, so... Um, <laughs> literally, I think the only stuff I've played since... Uh, two weeks ago, I'm about to sneeze. Fuck. Do it. Um. Do it. No, I'm okay. Oh. Okay. It'll come later when I'm least expecting it. That's what she. Okay. So the last, <laughs> the, 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 what I've been playing mostly over the past two weeks has been Super Meat Boy. Oh. Um, I haven't really been wanting to play a lot of stuff on my on on the 360 for uh, reasons I won't go into. But uh, yeah, so for Super Meat Boy, I've been playing it on PC, and um, I uh. I did what I consider my greatest gaming accomplishment to date um, by unlocking the kid, which is... Okay, like, I guess I'll go, try to go into it. Uh, the so, kid from which... The kid... Okay, so if anyone knows the game, I want to be the guy. Oh! Uh, it is... Yes! It is probably considered the... Like, at least in my opinion, it is the absolute hardest game in the history of the world. Um, but that game is meant to be a bastard. It's like... Right. You know, it's meant to cheat you every, like, turn. So it's, like, it's not legitimately challenging, it's just hard. Um, Super Meat Boy, I think, is legitimately challenging. And so, the, 
st- like the kid uh, from I Want to Be the Guy is an unlockable character Wait, Super Meat Boy. J- just to clarify, I'm sorry for anybody who's listening out there. You you mean in the sense of Super Meat Boy was designed to be difficult, but you could kind of surmount it if you put like a lot of thought and effort into it. Whereas I Want to Be the Guy is just you got to know all the stupid cheap traps that are coming at you, and that's the only way you could beat it. Right, like because I mean, in Super Meat Boy. If you see a stage, you can. You can beat a stage on your first try if you're skilled and see what's going on. Like, nothing's going to jump out and, like, fuck you up randomly. Right. Whereas, like, every two seconds that happens, then I want to be the guy. Right. Like, an apple um, will fall from a tree, and that will kill you. And you'd be like, I did not know a fucking apple could kill you. Yeah. Um, but, and apples go upwards, too. Defy yeah. gravity. <laughs> so, uh... Just have to clarify. Sorry, go ahead. It's okay. So, um... The way the secret characters work in Super Meat Boy is when you get to an... Like, for the ones that... You can unlock secret characters through, through collecting bandages through the game, but there are other secret characters that are only unlocked by getting to their secret warp zones and then completing a set of three stages uh, using that character, and then it unlocks that character. The good thing about these stages is that, uh, like other warp zones, they're not you're not life-limited, um, and you can't really be kicked out of the warp zone until you complete it or decide, I've had enough, and just end it. Um... Which has happened to me. Uh, so the kids' three stages in Super Meat Boy are, in my opinion, the three actual like the the hardest set of three stages in in gaming. Because like I mean, discounting just the fact that you know, like I said, I want to be a guy is a cheap game. Right. Um, so I uh, I played I played the the, the the first stage on this set of stages numerous times. Um, and then in the past couple weeks, at some point, I played it and I got past the first stage. And I was, like, super psyched about that. The first stage I thought was super hard, and then uh, once I beat it, I was, like, I was hoping that it, that this would be, like, the one warp zone where they're... Um... <laughs> Sorry, Al in the chat room. Uh, I don't see his chats! Damn it! So, I, uh, I was hoping this would be the one warp zone where they would just actually only have one stage, and once you beat it, you unlock the character. But no, I, after I beat it, I discovered there's a second stage, and I was like, fuck, I can't believe I have to do this. And like, I think even at that point, I'd been playing for a couple hours. But then, somehow, miraculously, I made it to the second stage a lot easier and quicker than I made it to the first stage. I mean, in the same sitting, even. So that was, like, pretty good. And I made it to the third stage, which was, like, just insane. Um, I don't want to actually go through describing the stages, because it's like, if you don't play Super Meat Boy or haven't played uh, I Want to Be the Guy, it won't really make yeah. a lot of sense. Um because they try to design them like stages from I Want to Be the Guy, but still in Super Meat Boy world. So anyway, uh, yeah, like, I I probably put in a good over 12 hours on this set of three stages. Jesus. Like, not in, not in one sitting, I'm just saying, you know, cumulative. Over the, over, yeah. Yeah, but then when I finally did actually beat that last stage, um, which I did have broadcast a little bit on Justin TV, me playing that last stage for me. Oh, I gotta go find that now. I, I, I did it for about it a half hour, and it's just like me dying over and over again because I didn't get <laughs> I didn't get me beating it. But um, so yeah, uh, I did eventually beat it, and like like literally, it was mental orgasm. I threw my arms up in the air. I screamed yes. I was like yes, like, yes, all this, all super this weight, neat. All this weight lifted off my psyche. I just like. I don't know. It was and your computer crashed and it didn't save. No, <laughs> which was actually scary because there have been times in Super Meat Boy in the PC version where like Wait, it has crashed and it has oh. not saved and I've had to re-unlock characters. So like thankfully it unlocked that. As soon as it did, I exited the game to make sure that it would be saved. Right. Um. And uh, yeah. Oh. So, but literally that was like I felt like that was my greatest gaming accomplishment because like. It, for me, it was personal because I really like I Want to Be the Guy. That is one of my favorite games, and these style of games are my favorite. And so the kid was a character that I just 
felt I had to unlock, even if I wasn't going to use them. Just but then kind I, of like posterity. Yeah, like it's my own personal trophy. Even if there was no achievements and no physical way for other people to know that I did this, I would still have wanted to do it. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, But then it turns out the kid is really, really good in the other rest of the game. And oh, Boy. okay. Uh, in in what are, way? How's he control? Uh, he basically, he I think he moves as fast as Super Meat Boy at normal speed, and um, he has a double jump, which... Oh, like, that must fucking help. Like, yeah, it's so easy to get around, like, the, uh, like, around, like, certain saws and, like, up certain... Because, le- like, what you can do is you can double jump up to a, uh, a wall that's too high normally for Super Meat Boy, and then once you hit the wall, you're able to jump off it and double jump again. So you can scale okay. a lot of walls that way. Right. Um... And I've also determined, because originally I thought I was going to try to beat 100% Super Meat Boy with just Super Meat Boy, as far as I can tell, this is an impossible task. You have to use other characters, because there are just certain bandages that there's no way Super Meat Boy can get. you just cannot get? Yeah, you, like, like one's hanging above a pit, that there's no way that if you jump down to get the bandage, you can get back up with Super Meat Boy, because he doesn't have a jump to get Okay, see, up. now I don't feel so bad about not getting some of these band-aids, because I'm just like, what the fuck, I can't, you know? Yeah, um, I've started using a bandage guide. But I mean, I don't feel bad about that because I mean, I still have to actually do the thing myself, right? Um, but uh, and I think it's it's it, that's what they're there for, you know. That's yeah. what those guys are there for. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I did that, and then I've been doing uh, working on other stuff with Super Meat Boy. I, I'm almost through 100%ing the five main worlds. I've got the first three hundred percented. Uh. You know, all dark, all A pluses on all levels. Uh. All the bandages from those, and even though it doesn't count to your percentage, I've beat all the uh, minus worlds in the first five main sta- in the five main worlds. There's apparently a sixth one somewhere, so I'm really like barreling down, trying to 100% Super Meat Boy at this point. Um. I still love the game. Uh. I, on a side note, uh, for anyone who knows knows the band the Fratellis, um, they what's uh, fuck? I don't remember the name of the album. Let me see if I can look it up real quick, because. They have this one album that is perfect if you're playing Cotton Alley, which is uh, the unlockable world after you beat the game. Um, that it like is better than I think the uh, the super. It's better to play along to than the Super Meat Boy soundtrack. And Super Meat Boy <gasps> blasphemy soundtrack is really good. Uh, oh, it's called it's just called Costello Music. So by the Fratellis. Uh, you're a Fratellis. So yeah. Um, other than that, uh, this isn't. This is kind of gaming related. I signed up for a Zoom. Pat, one month passed because I wanted to get some music and uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to play it on AudioSurf, which I'm not oh, going nice. to de- detail how you do that because Zoom music is DRM'd and AudioSurf normally doesn't let you do that. But anyway, so using some roundabout methods, I'm able to play those songs in AudioSurf and uh, I've been playing some AudioSurf to stuff like Lady Gaga because I'm a Lady Gaga fan. Who knows it? Oh, shoot me now. New. What's that? I just learned something new. What? That I'm a Lady Gaga fan? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry, but I am. I that makes that makes my eyes cry. <laughs> that makes my eyes cry. Tears of blood. Don't so, cry blood. Don't cry. Argen- Argentina. No, don't say that. You're not Madonna or Evita. Better. All right. So yeah, other than other than those two, that's all I've played. Like proper games. I mean, the only stuff I play is iPhone games. So I'll let other people go. Any new iPhone games? Uh, or is it still Puzzle Agent? Oh, I beat Puzzle Agent. Fuck yeah, oh, I talk about nice. that. But actually, if we're going to talk about story, I'll save Puzzle Agent until later. Okay. Uh, the other uh, other iPhone game for anyone who has iPhones is called Disk Drive-In. Uh, D-R-I-V-I-N. No, no G. Any and relation disc, to Tubin? D-I-C. Uh, it's, D-I-K. It's basically a, uh, a, a puck sliding type of game where you're racing, but it's, t- it's online multiplayer turn-based, which I think are the best iPhone games. So you get it like, you know, you set up a match against online opponents and then 
you take your turn, you slide your disc along this racetrack, and then it sends off your turn to the next person in the line, and then eventually, you know, you'll get an alert saying, hey, it's your turn again. And these A are the racing game version of Words with Friends. Yes, exactly. Okay. All right. So I'll stop, and I'll Words talk about... Puzzle, I'll talk about Puzzle Quest later. I just dropped fucking candy hearts everywhere. It's God damn like it. Puzzle Quest. Puzzle Agent. There you go. Candy Ow. hearts all over my keyboard. Uh, what have you been keyboarding playing? Uh, I started Dragon Quest Four. Ah, yes. And um, I like the monotony of it. It makes <laughs> feel good. <laughs> You're like, I like that it's boring. I just hit attack, attack, crack, attack, attack, crack, attack, attack, sap, attack, crack, attack. But anyway. Can you please um, tell me something? Hmm. Now, since you've beaten the shit out of Dragon Quest Nine. Okay, and you know we've like as you've been talking about nine, you've been talking about like this the online stuff and the job changing and all that stuff. Is it like at the core of it? Is it still attack, attack, crack, attack, attack, crack, attack, attack, crack? No, not really. Okay, when you say crack, are you like saying crack a potion or something? No, crack is a ice spell. One of the magic spells, yeah. Oh, um, it's. Sort of, I mean, at its core, the battle system is pretty much like that, but with all the different uh, trades that you have, you can do things like you can set up one of those like traditional MMO type of groups with a tank, a healer, and DPS. If you want to call it DPS, I mean, it's not really damage for a second because it's not real time. But, like, for example, the. But I mean, I mean, I the, the, so the, that changes up the flow a little bit. What do you mean by flow? Of combat. What do you mean by flow? You, well, you just going. You were just talking about attack, 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 spell, attack, 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 spell. You know what I mean? And then maybe yeah. like a buffer debuff in there. I, I mean, I mean, like the 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 variety of skills, I guess, makes it such that it's not as monotonous. Well, yeah, there's skills that you can use based on your weapon and based on your trade or class that are effective against different enemies. So, for example, there's like a a move for deliverance, and it does damage or extra damage to undead. So, you know, you fight an undead, you want to go select un- deliverance with that character. Um, then if you have the staff, which, like, my character that, he's a priest, and, well, he was a priest, and learned deliverance, and he also... Stop saying deliverance, we're going to talk about rape later. No. Um... <laughs> and what's funny about that is that I had to do, um... I didn't have to really have to watch it, but I had to put it in the system to get closed caption that movie. Which oh, really? Like, somebody's gonna get it next week. Uh, <laughs> and I went through it. And I'm like, I don't see any rape in this movie, but maybe it was edited out because it was uh, for AMC. Um, Most likely. But anyhow, he also knew the staff, and or I forget what it's. It's called the staff, or it's called the pole, or something like that. Whatever. Uh, there's a move with that called. Uh, I don't remember anymore. I, I get it. I, I mean, I, I, I understand enemies. now that it's not as... But another thing about the game is that it, it's like that in 8, and I think it's also like that in 5 or 6. Um, you can set people to just automatically do things. <clears throat> right, so you can right. only control your character, and everybody else does the best thing for the job, and that helps speed things along too, because you go, okay, well, I just want to do this move, and everybody else pretty much does the best thing for the situation, and you can kind of autopilot things, makes things go a little faster. And in nine, they were trustworthy because I, 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 I kind of, uh, I don't know if you feel the same way as you play it, 
because we just I think maybe we approach things differently. But I never felt comfortable with that in four. I was always like, I I don't trust you, guy. You can't do it in four. As far as I remember. Okay, because right now I'm only in chapter two and I'm not able to do that yet. Um, yeah, I maybe I'm wrong. Have then. complete trust in that because they heal when they're supposed to. They do triage. So if somebody needs to be healed, they'll get healed. And on top of that, they'll heal even when, say, if you were doing the command, you wouldn't think to do a heal. So say you do all your commands, uh, you do your command and everybody's on auto, you get hit for, like, a crit and you're in red, the computer will heal you. Whereas you wouldn't have been able to select heal before you got critted. Right. Yeah. So I like that as an advantage as well. That's so weird that they, that they you know, do that. Um and I say it because it's it, it, what it makes me th- feel like is, you know how when you're playing Street Fighter and Guile just throws a sonic boom at you? Mm-hmm. And it's and like, it, you don't see the computer charging back. He'll just throw it at you. You know what I mean? He's just, he's not, you're not on even footing with the computer. And, right, and, and in this case, it kind of feels like that because it's like, well, now that I have, you know, AI on, like, I can do, like you were just saying, that example is basically... I can do something that I could not do before on my own. And while that's cool, at the same time, it's kind of like, well, wait a second. It, then it's changing up the rules. Like, the rules should should let me do that then. Why can't I do that? Oh, because it's a, you know, it's a turn-based. I don't know. select all your turns before yeah. you start the battle. Yeah. <clears throat> I know. It sucks because <clears throat> and then it makes you think, okay, well, the computer's also doing that too. Exactly. They'll see yeah. what I do, and then they'll do what they do based right. on what I do. Right. But at least in this game... Uh, the computer's not made to be that smart. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, they don't do things like in Final Fantasy Four Heroes of Light, which I don't think this was cheating, but I, I don't understand. Maybe they deliberately did that. That's what I'm trying to say. Maybe they didn't deliberately do it. But in Four Heroes, you mean? The big bosses would hit my healer first and kill him. Okay. Like, That's uh, yeah. smart, but I hate you for that. <laughs> I hate you! Kill you! But so, four, you're, you said you're in Chapter 2. Uh, what what chapter is that again? Who who do you? That's the one where you play as Elena, and um, you're running around. Uh, that I forget Zamarova, and you first. Uh, what do you do at first? Because it's the princess looking for adventure. And oh yeah 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 yeah. You go yeah. through this town and you save the fake princess. <laughs> and now I'm trying to find the birdsong nectar. I, it's been a while since I played that, um, but I think I know where you are. Okay, um, it's it, like five how do you hours. feel about it? I like, like in general, you just came off a nine. Um, how do you feel about this? Have you ever played? I should ask um, the NES version. No. Okay. I actually remember a long time ago. I didn't even know it was an NES version, and I said, "There's no NES version." It went straight to Super Nintendo. But then you were like, "Hey, look, there's Dragon Warrior Four, and I'm like, "Oh shit." <coughs> Yeah, it's it, that was like one of the. the uh, I could be wrong, but I feel like it was like one of the very one of the very one of those really really late releases on NES. I, I, it has to have been because it was. It has because at least I in the US, no at least in the US. Yeah, but sorry, go ahead. Um, I, didn't, I didn't know I, there was a SNES version either. <laughs> I'll be honest know, with you. Um, I like it. I I don't know. <clears throat> there's something about Dragon Quest that really just makes me like it, regardless of how same the system is throughout the entire thing. <clears throat> but it's weird seeing things in that you saw in 9, since you saw it in 9 first, you're like, hey, they had that in this game, too. Right. Like Birdsong Nectar and uh, you know a lot of the 
gear and stuff that you would see. it had the exact same graphics but in 9 it actually puts those graphics on your character like the plain clothes and the wayfarer's clothes all that stuff is in 9 and then when you put it on you actually see the way it looks on your character as opposed to in this game where the characters all have the same sprite throughout the game right but um i don't know other than that the the gameplay is just my type of gameplay uh it helps me fall asleep when i'm tired <laughs> <clears throat> I guess that's a good thing. Oh, it is certainly for me. And if I'm not tired, can we put that? Can they put that quote on the back of their box? Helps me fall asleep when I'm tired. I don't think I they want doubt that. It. It's... No, it's not good marketing material. Uh, other than that, I um, I haven't played anything. Uh, my I have to go take my PlayStation in for repair. And uh, oh right, I was yeah. supposed to do that last week, but last week. Um, was doing way too many different things and didn't get around to going to the place. Right. But I was going to take all three, the Xbox, the PSP, and the PS3. But I think I'll just take the PS3 today. Maybe the PS3 and the PSP, because I really would like that back. Now I bought a 16-gig memory stick pro. Uh, For the PS3? I had to put, yeah. I had to put everything that was on my hard drive um, that... I thought I might lose, like if I had to send it to Sony or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I put it on my other memory card, so like my two gig card has Final Fantasy Nine on it, and my four gig card has Yggdra Union, um, Persona Three, and Hexus Force. And Hexus basically, Force? I don't really. Yeah, the that uh, Atlas RPG is like two stories in one. Huh. And never heard of this. Yeah, it's um, <clears throat> it was on sale during Christmas, so I bought that with Persona Three. But it was gotcha. supposed to be like you know one of those standard RPGs. But the whole hook about it is that it you there are two characters that pretty much go through the same story but in different perspectives or something like that. Oh, the concept is starting to sound familiar. Right. Um. So yeah, that's the sucky part about everything about how I have to go out after a podcast and blah blah blah. So oh, that's today's docket to go and fix your broken robots. Well, they go and drop it off. Or drop off the broken robots. And this is a... Is this like a... Uh, what kind of place is this? Um, it's a cubicle. <laughs> it's a cubicle? <laughs> Literally, it is. Um, it's basically, you know, uh, one of those small Chinese places where okay. they fix stuff and they've... That's they've... what I was going for. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, and they were... They're reputable. Like, they've been... Okay. In the paper and stuff. Okay. Oh, they they advertise. Ooh. No, 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 no. They've been in the paper. Let me go to the site real quick. Uh, oh, for their good. If you're curious, about... this xcubicle.com. They were in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, computer. It's basically a cubicle. Holy shit! Is this really what it is? Holy crap! It actually is like a a, a booth. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was and... telling me about the like the the place versus sending it to Sony. When I found out that Sony, I guess, doesn't give. What did you say the warranty was? It was like. Only a uh, few months. Thirty day. Yeah, or thirty days. It, yeah. Thirty no, days. No. I think it's sixty day, and actually gives them ninety day. Like, so I was like, ah, oh, yeah, go with that place. I think they both cost the same. Right. And it's gonna cost me like one hundred fifty dollars to get it replaced. <clears throat> I think Sony charges a hundred, but then I think they charge fifty after that, because I saw a hundred and fifty both separately, and I'm like, uh, well, that seems like a hundred and fifty to me, so I don't <laughs> want to do that. Go to exacubicore.com if I go. Better than the uh, uh, Chinatown guys, I suppose. I would hope. Um, they are Chinatown. Well, 
technically they're Chinatown guys. I I, I should have clarified the. Um, I'm not gonna call them out. Um, I just I just remember the, the yeah, underground people. Yeah, I know. I just remember. Um, I took a an old uh, super super NES, the the newer model of it, to to them to see if they could get fixed, and they took one look at it. They're like, I don't think we can fix this. I'm like, you you didn't even look at it. Mm. Like we don't deal with old consoles. I'm like, then what are you but... good for? Like you're supposed to. <laughs> you're all bootleg and everything. Yeah, but I don't know if they repair. I Did know. they say repair? I yeah. Oh. Come on, Austin. You can fix that shit yourself. There's a Chinatown shop. Yes, I am. I'm well versed in the art of old Super Nintendo fixage. No. Uh, all right. So I suppose if that's all you've been playing, I uh, I'm still on my like quasi retro kick. I say quasi because not in, it's not entirely retro. Um, the first thing that I picked up again, old Super Nintendo. I don't want to call favorite because I didn't dis- I didn't you know really discover it when I was a kid, but um, Top Gear Two. For some reason, I I like this racing game. I never ever played racing games as a kid, uh, except for F Zero, and I don't really consider Mario Kart a racing game. I don't know, um, but yeah, I mean, have, have either of you played ever played Top Gear? Any Top Gear game? I think I played the first one. Yeah, so I, I not that I can who said who said what that what was I that said last? not that I can recall. Okay, it sounded like fuzzy. <laughs> But um yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty standard basic like mode seven type shit. You know, they have hills in there, so it's got this kind of cool uh hey look, we're we're actually doing three D. You could see us go up and down. Um quasi three D I should say. Very basic. You uh you, you race through tracks and get money for winning and you buy parts to upgrade. There are no different cars. This is back in the day when you just had one car. Um, but you know you could buy different engines and and gearboxes and tires and all that shit. Um, there was there were weather conditions uh, and there's nitrous obviously. And I you know I played this a long time ago. I played this when I was in high school. And you know I used to be pretty good at it, not great. And I forgot a lot about it. So when I picked it up again uh, this past week, I was playing it and I kept on coming in like ninth every race. I'm like, what the fuck? You know I I used to come in like third and fourth every time. And then I realized that I forgot about the fact that there was nitrous in this game at all. So I was like, that that's like playing NBA Jam without any turbo. Or like playing through a Final Fantasy game without any item potions. Because, I mean, you need that shit to actually play it. So once I got that down, I started racing through the courses. And it's, it, I mean, looking back at it now, it's pretty monotonous. Especially when you consider something like Grid, which I've been playing. Which I had been playing before the Christmas break. Um, and, you know... F- it's not as it's not as kind of like arcadey forgiving as something like Outrun, because you're you're like you're in a, a a pool of cars that is about twenty contestants deep, and so it's one of those things where you start off and you have to fight off like it's just like any other you know current day racing game like Outrun never had that right Outrun was just you know three two one go and then there were some cars on the road but that's it like you're racing against a clock completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in this, like, you have to get through that first batch of, like, 15 cars. And, Pete, you can attest to this. Like, the, cathar- the catharsis that you experience uh, in Blur, okay, of getting out of the gate with everyone, like, on your tail. Like, everyone's in this clusterfuck trying to get the first power-up to just lay it on everyone else and smoke them. Like, that's not there because it's a, you know, it doesn't have power-ups. So, it's th- yeah. there's no kind of, <clears throat> like, I got you, motherfucker, except for the fact that... Like, when you pass by guys, like, a little speech bubble will come above the car and it'll say, loser, because I guess that was cool back in the day. So you, you taunt your opponents while you're 
driving and if like you bump into someone from behind and they block your forward momentum you call them a road hog so i guess there's that but it's it's really funny cuz i i i thought that eat Alan, my dust what i'm looking at screenshots of top yeah, it, yeah he says eat my dust too um, but Al, I don't know if you remember when we went to the Nintendo World Store when um, when Reggie was there. I forgot what the event was for, but he mentioned something about like he was taking questions and he mentioned something about there being an old franchise that they were going to um, bring back, and it was a racing franchise, yeah, and and it was um, it was something that not too many people had you know really thought about in the past decade and a half or so. And me being really stupid was like, I wonder if it's a third-party game. I wonder if it's Top Gear. And then, you know, after about a week, I thought about it. I was like, why would it ever be Top Gear? Like, <laughs> who the fuck ever played that game? Um, and, of course, it ended up being Excite Truck. But what right, 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 Excite Truck. Yes. Um, I was going to say what it ended up being. Right. It was, it was Excite Truck. So, but, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think I liked this back in the day because of the fact that it's like, oh, you know, this is kind of technically impressive. You know, with the racetracks, like the sense of speed was pretty good, um, but it was very, very one note. You know, just race and upgrade your engine. That's about it. Um, half the parts are useless. You know, so it's you know, it was a little. Oh, and I think that it was very. Unless I just didn't look at it carefully, I think it's very possible to get yourself stuck in that game, because if you don't make like if you come in, I believe you can come in like sixth or seventh or even 8th maybe, I could be wrong, and still qualify for the next race. But if you come in any lower than 5th place, you don't make any money. And if you don't make any money, you can't buy you know a faster engine uh, or another gear or, or better turbo. So And if you can't do that, then every race that you're going to be in subsequently gets harder. And so if it gets harder, how are you going to win if you don't have the money to buy shit? And so you kind of have to... Uh, and again, I didn't really explore this deeply. I'm sure that, like, if I looked at it on GameFAQs, like, you, there's probably a way around it. Like, you can go back and, and race in older countries to make more money. I don't know. But, like, as far as I've seen, it's like, if you finish a race and you don't make any money, but you qualify for the, qualify for the next one, you're better, start, you're better off starting over. Because, I, and I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Al, but I think Extreme G, th- oh my god, it just looked like some ice bulleted off someone's roof. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not on the street right now. But, uh, y- you can you can help me remember this, but in Extreme G three, weren't there areas where you could kind of get stuck or or something like it because you couldn't buy a faster engine because you didn't make enough money, but you still qualified for the next race? I think so. I feel like that was a problem in that game um, that didn't surface until much later. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I remember. I, I don't think I got that far. <laughs> I remember reading something about something about that in I believe it was Planet GameCube, now known as Nintendo World Report, but I, I think that's what happened. I, it was either that or XGRA, the sequel. So, oh my God, there is more snow bulleting off the roof. Is it actually snowing, or is peep is people throwing shits? I don't know. Well, you would know first. Welcome um, to uh, the north, I guess the northeast. Um, well, shit, it's like. Frozen in Dallas right now. Really? Huh. Oh, Not yeah. in Florida. Those fucking an illest like... ice storm. Not ice storm, but illest. Like... Yeah, people were like not able to drive much no. and walk much, and then you know the Super Bowl is over there. Oh yeah. Oops. So they had to um, practice indoors because it's so cold. Yeah. That's why I just watch basketball. Anyway, um, so there's that. Um, uninteresting, but you know, nostalgic. Did and they then... have the 
well, they had the NBA All-Star game over there, too, but that was at a different time. Yeah, and indoors. Uh, oh, no, it they, is indoors. They kept it open. The same place. They kept it open. I forgot. No, whatever. I don't know. Anyway, uh, on to actual stuff. Um, aside from Top Gear 2, I actually played a game that was, that still holds up, and it's it's an old NES gem. I say it's old by virtue of when it came out, but in the NES's life cycle, I think it was pretty late. Um, it's a game from Natsume called, uh, called Shatterhand. I don't know if either of you have ever heard of it. Of course I have. Um, and it's... What's the best way to liken this? I don't know. It's it's a pretty... From the outset, it's a pretty standard. And when I say standard, I should I should clarify that I mean well-made. Um, but, you know, it's a standard 2D action platformer with uh, with crisp controls, uh, which kind of, at that stage in the, in the system's life cycle, you would expect that out of every game. But, you know, I digress. And it's called Shatterhand because you have cybernetic arms that are really strong, and so you punch everything. Shattering your hand, I guess. I don't know. But, like, it, it's all it's all melee ba- It's not even melee. It's just fisticuffs. You know, you walk around, you punch the shit out of shit. Um, but it's it's a fairly, you know, it, it's it's kind of reminiscent of something like Ninja Gaiden where, you know, it it's, it's all about the control. It's all about the level design. And you also have these power-ups that you can... Uh, what's the word for it? You... Well... Not to get too specific, because I, I don't want to. I don't want to confuse people. But at the top of the screen, there are three slots for you to collect power-ups. And as you move, as you break open crates, which is a staple of video games, everyone loves crates. Uh, you can get a power-up marked either alpha or beta, and different combinations of alpha and beta, different combinations of three. So that's I think six combinations overall. Gives you kind of a different drone that either shoots fireballs or swings a sword or something. So basically you've got six different weapons that you can choose from. And you have complete control over it because when you break open the crate and that alpha icon comes out and you're like, I don't want a fucking alpha, I want a beta. You can punch it and it becomes a beta. So this is a world where you punch stuff and, and good things happen. Um, <laughs> you could punch a money bag and it will generate more money for you. So, I mean, I guess lesson for the young kids out there, you know, violence is good, I guess. I don't know. But it, there's nothing super. Rem- what you about to say something, or did someone just burp? Sound like anyone's I thought someone anything. just burped, or I don't know. But there's no, nothing. My headset cracking. It does that a lot. Oh, okay. I thought you said I had sex crack, or I don't know. Um, there's nothing super remarkable about the game, uh, other than the fact that it's just really well made. It controls really well. Um, Everything is really responsive. Your attacks are jumping. Uh, you have a decent amount of mid-air control, so it's a little bit better than Ninja Gaiden. It's it's probably between Ninja Gaiden and Mega Man in terms of your mid-air control. Um, the graphics are pretty decent. I mean, what, how, how much can you really do with 16 colors? But, you know, they made something work. Um, it's it's j- traditional, like, enemies are coming at you from left and right. Um, but it's not super, super hard. Um, I would say it's... Actually, no, some, some of the enemies do get pretty difficult. But um, if... You know, I don't know if it's out for Virtual Console, but I feel like it's one of those games that should be put out there to kind of showcase the kind of simple but satisfying action that, you know, that some of the best NES games had to offer. And, like, I really had never heard of this game until I went trolling through some old, like, classic gaming sites and that game came up. And, like, the the webmaster of the site that, you know, that was talking about this game was like, this game is a, a, a hidden gem, um... I don't know if you use the word hidden gem, but basically, it, it, you know, Al, you heard of it, right? How, and how did you hear of it? Hear of Shatterhand? Yeah. Uh, well, 
Uh, I don't know where I heard of it. Maybe I wanted to rent it or something, but because it's really late in yeah, nineteen ninety one. Nintendo Life Um, and the, after I heard of it, and then you told me about it. Okay, see, because I, you know, when I was, you know, when I had my NES and I was a kid, and you know, I was looking at Nintendo Power and stuff like that. That that that, that never came up anywhere, you know. And it it probably had like a little blurb there, but by that point, I was more focused on holy shit, Super Castlevania Four is on the cover. You know, mm-hmm. I want to I want to read about that shit, and so I never really got exposed to that. And thank God for the internet's, you know. But I I saw it. There's old mom and pop game sh- game store. I was about to say game shop because I'm a rapper. Uh, game store about three blocks from my house, and they had a bunch of old games. And like Shatterhand was in there. I was like, all right, I'm I'm getting a copy of that. And you know, I am look I'm holding the cartridge in my hand as we speak. But I you know. It's one of those things that you kind of look back on, um, you know, with with either retro gaming and, and, and virtual console stuff or, like, other people prefer, you know, downloading ROMs, whatever. But, you know, that type of mentality of there's this whole bunch of old stuff that is great, but I never played because all the big stuff at the time was Super Mario World and Mega Man X or in the NES life cycle like Super Mario 3 and and Turtles 3, you know? Like you don't you don't really like I don't even rem- I don't even know what else Natsume has developed besides Harvest Moon, this and some Shadow of the Ninja game which is also pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Um I used to love playing Shadow of Ninja. Um that's the one with like two selectable characters and one of them had like a grappling thing, right? Not a grappling hook, but like a whip-like thing. I think they both did. Okay. Um it was like chicken and dude. Yeah. It was tough. Near the end, it was really cool. A chicken, a dude get tough. Yeah, I think it's on Virtual Console. Really, I should go look at that. Um, but yeah, um, I need to get back to actually playing current games. Otherwise, my backlog is going to suffer. Like, I played the shit out of, uh, of Shatterhand when I first bought it. Um, when I say played the shit out of it, I played it for a long time. I didn't beat it because it was pretty hard. So, but I need to get back to Miles Edgeworth. I've been playing a little bit of that. Still, I'm on the last chapter. I'm about halfway through, so I may be about three solid gameplay hours from the end. Um, overall, still not, still not um, as satisfying as the other Ace Attorney games. Uh, Al, in particular, I still think you should play it. Pete, I'm not sure how big of a fan you were of the Ace Attorney games. Um, I actually, I, Maybe I, I mean, I played through the first. What I, I played through the first two. And I really liked them, and I started playing the third one, but never finished it. But I liked right. that too. I liked them. Um, I, summation of that. Yeah, I, th- I, I still think you'll like this one. I, I do like it, but I, I don't get as excited to play it these days as I did with the older games. And I don't necessarily think that's fatigue, because like every time I unwrapped a new Ace Attorney game, I was like, oh sweet, you know, it's time to get into this fucking crazy ass shit. And this one it was like this one it started off like that and then as it got like longer and longer and the mechanics started being like like I, I explained about the mechanics, how they were you know, how the logic thing is a little bit kind of contrived. Um and I think the you know, the um the court the courtroom battles in the old attorney games are here as well, except you're not in court, you're basically just having an argument with someone outside. Uh and you have you know, you have evidence to, to show for that. And I think that that setting is kind of what takes away from it. Like like I you know, certain characters from the series come up and you kind of face off with them. I'm not gonna say who they are. <coughs> Excuse me. And like you'll say, I don't think this person did XYZ 
and the other person will say, I think he did. And then it goes, and you start doing that courtroom thing, except again, you're like outside. You still have the evidence, but as you would in the courtroom scenes in the other games, and you could still press, you could still object, but because it's not in that setting of like, I need to prove somebody innocent or he's going to go to jail or he's going to like die or some shit. Um, and like, there, there's the whole like courtroom setting of the crowd who's behind you or against you. Um, I don't know. It, it's, it sounds so superficial to complain about that. Like, oh, it's because it's in a different setting. But it really kind of takes away from the drama of it. And I think that that's what I liked so much about the Ace Attorney games is that like, there was so much back and forth backed up by like drama and like crazy shit. And this just doesn't feel as dramatic. Um, also, it's not as crazy because, Al, you can attest to this. Like, they're always lying and shit. And, and you'd be like, tell the truth. And I'm like, all right, all right, I'll tell the truth. And it's like, you can't really do that in court. And that kind of gives it uh, a frustrating but also, like, kind of funny tone to it. Because it's just like, this would never happen in the real world. And it's just completely crazy. And, like, this waiter is carrying, like, a tea set while he's on the stand. This is nuts. <laughs> and, and there's really none of that here. Like, there's no witness that you're questioning. Um... And so it's just you and the adversary. So, like, again, it just takes away from the setting. Um, sometimes when you are, d- d- you know, facing off against your the person who's trying to argue with you, they're not, they're arguing with you, so they're not lying. They're just, they're, they, they just, like, you know, they maybe they misinterpreted a fact. Like, really, like, not just, like, euphemism. Like, they actually misinterpreted, like, they thought this is what happened. Like, everything is just speculation, you know? So, I don't know. It, 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 I'm getting too deep into it. I don't want to spend too much time in it, but... Um, Good game, if you're into that type of shit. Um, definitely at the bottom of the series for me, though. And unlike maybe the first Phoenix Wright or maybe uh, Apollo Justice, it's not something that would make you go, huh. Like, in my opinion, I don't think it would be something that goes, they'll make you go, huh, you know what, I really, I really never paid attention to this series before, but after playing this game, now I might. And I don't, I don't know, I can't explain it other than it's just a gut feeling that I get from playing this is that it's just not as good. I'm not getting as much enjoyment out of it as the other one, so I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully the next one, if there is a next one, um, changes that. There is a next one, huh? There is a next one. Okay, so then I, I guess what they have to do is maybe it's in the writing, or maybe it's in the in getting like some of that logic uh, gameplay system more intriguing. But it's you know right now it's eh, it's eh, I don't know. Um, but that's all I have been playing. Pete, did you forget anything? Nope. Yay! Uh, I would just like to mention that um, I went to GameStop yesterday. Yeah, you did. To download my shiny Sukun for uh, Pokemon because if you download the one of the three legendary Pokemon from Gold and Silver, uh, which the lat they gave them out one at a time uh, over the past like four weeks or something like that. Uh. Uh, when Black and White comes out on March sixth. You can transfer that character into that game to unlock a character that can only be un- like caught and battled in that fashion. <clears throat> but you can like evolve it through another one. But whatever. Um, I went there and the store was completely empty. And there was a girl at the counter, and I was like, uh, I felt kind of self conscious, but not as self conscious as I would have if there were like more people in there. I'm like, yeah, uh, that Pokemon wireless thing, and acting like I was stupid. And I'm like, okay, uh, she's like, yeah, just <laughs> go take out, take out your DS and download it. I'm like, okay, I reach into my pocket, I'm already there. <laughs> I'm like, okay, do, do, do. okay, like, I know what I'm doing, but I gotta pretend like I don't. 
But I felt like I had to go in there and like reserve or buy something because I felt bad just going to the store and get something for free and like leaving. But I was in there by myself, so I didn't care. Um, right. And I was trying to think to myself, like, what could I reserve or something? Because I didn't want to buy anything. I have a $25 gift card in my drawer and um, two $10 online gift cards that I need to use. But I don't want anything. So, you know, blah. And besides, blah. when, like, Pokemon comes out and when um, Dragon Quest Six come out, I'm sure it's going to be cheaper at other places. So I'm not going to get them from GameStop. So uh, I just walked out of there, and I I, I should have thought about Miles Edgeworth. Maybe next time, or maybe if it's it's not going to be any cheaper right now. So uh, I think use I, the $10. I'm trying to remember if I got it for 30 or 20 uh, 30 I don't know. I mean, it's, it's worth – it's – well, it's not about that. It's just right. about the fact that, well... That's why I stopped Should myself. I use the $10 gift card on it and, you know, use that on that? I have two of them, but I can only use one at a time. I mean, I, I, the way I see it is if it's something that I want, I'd rather just use it on something that I want than put it towards something that it's like, okay, well, I wouldn't normally pay this amount of money for this thing, but if I use the gift card, I'll use it because... Like that—that's kind of veering into I might not like it, or I—I I really didn't want this that badly in the first place territory. So. Yeah, usually I don't even look at games like that. Right. Well, um, like I see Miles Edgeworth is twenty nine ninety nine. So basically, it'd be nineteen ninety nine if I get it um here, and I could probably pick up at the store. And then there's a pre-owned version, which honestly, pre-owned version isn't really all that bad if I get the sticker off, and that's nineteen ninety nine. I can get it for ten bucks. Yeah, and if you got the last copy in the store, you'd still have to get the sticker off, anyways. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. Um, doesn't really because I had to get the sticker off of the Dragon Quest V, and that was the only one they had. Sorry, I'm a singer. Uh, let's see. I was thinking about Radiant Historia because that was a game I wanted to get. That doesn't come out till the twenty second, and it's thirty five dollars. Yay! Okay, so we're gonna take a break. We're going to come back, and we're going to answer a tweeter question. Well, once we get some context first. From Edu Buccaneer, we'll be right back. We're back from our 30-second break. Uh, I don't actually I don't actually know how long that break was. It'd be funny if it actually was 30 seconds. But to you, the listener, it's probably around 30 seconds. We had a tweet from Edu Buccaneer um, talking about... Let me, let me actually read the tweet. And I personally am not super familiar with this. I just looked it up a little bit once he asked the question. Um, so now I have a little bit of background on it, but it says, What are your feelings about the whole Penny Arcade comic controversy that has erupted this past week? Uh, Pete, I think you, um, I think you're more familiar with, um, with the, I guess it's called, a, I guess it's a controversy. Um, so if you wouldn't mind, what, what's your take on the situation? Not your take, but what, what do you know about that situation? Hang on, I'm answering Al in the chat room. Chat um, room. Because he asked if the comic is still up, and I'm telling him that it, I'm not just going to say it here, and he can hear me. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say that it should still be up because Penny Arcade wasn't going to take down the comic. Uh, all right, and by 
more familiar, you just mean out of the three of us, because, like, as I was stating to Austin before we recorded, uh, that I haven't really been reading Penny Arcade for, like, six months. Um, other than no reason, then I just don't really have the time to sit and read it all the time. So, like, every once in a while I'll go and try to catch up on, like, maybe a month's worth of stuff, but I'm so far behind that, like, I just keep getting further behind. But anyway, so what I understand about the Dick Wolves thing, uh, which is the controversial comic slash other stuff, was that, uh, like, there was this comic that just, the joke was something about uh, a, a character on a quest to save five slaves or whatever, and the sixth slave is asking him to save him so he doesn't get raped by the dick wolves kind of thing, and the guy's like, I already saved five, too bad for you. Yeah, here, um, here's the comic, uh, really quickly, it says, Hero, please take me with you! Release me from this hell unending! Every morning we are roused by savage blows, every night we are raped to sleep by the dick wolves. And so the guy's like, I only needed to save five slaves. Five, all right? Quest complete. But, hey, pal, don't make this weird. And so, you know, silly comic, right? Yeah. So, apparently, then people got upset over the, you know, rape connotation and, like, felt that Penny Arcade was making light of rape and stuff like that. Um, and so, there, like, there was a, a, a stint where, I, I don't know what happened first. If people got offended first and then Penny Arcade made a shirt that had, like, the Dick Wolves thing on it. And so I didn't see what the shirt is, so I don't know what actually was on the shirt, um, if it was just, like, that character or something. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, like, I don't know how the actual order of events went then, but there was a shirt at one point that also had Dick Wolves stuff on it. And, like, I know recently Mike uh, Gabe from Penny Arcade took the shirt down off the store to, like, you know, tr- as as a way of not trying to offend everybody. His, his rationale was that he didn't want... Uh, he people f- said they were wor- that there were people that made mention to him that they didn't want to go to PAX and see this shirt around because it offended them, and so he decided to take the shirt off the store. Um, but then apparently someone asked uh, if they could wear the shirt if they already had it to PAX, and Mike responded with "I'll be wearing mine." This is all that I've heard through another source, uh, Arthur Geis from you know Rebel uh, Rebel FM um, and Eat Dash Sleep Dash Game dot com. Uh, the reason that, like, uh, Edju, our, you know, our, one of our listeners, brought it up to us as a question is because in the past week, Arthur from Rebel FM has stated that he will not be attending PAX because of this controversy. Um, and I guess there are other people that feel the same way that he does, and just, he, he voiced it in a very elegant way. Eloquent. Eloquent? Eloquent. Eloquent. Eloquent way. Eloquent way. Eloquent. like a last name. Okay, so anyway. Eloquent way. So he, yeah, he voiced his opinion in this, like, uh, long-written blog post, which was, you know, like, sane and, you know, well-spoken. Uh, hang on. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, damn, damn chat room. Um, so, okay, so he's not attending, and this is what I've gathered. Okay, so he, his opinion is that, you know, the comic was made, and so be it. And then people were offended, and so be it. Like, he's not upset at either of those, but his stance about is that he's upset that Mike slash Gabe from Penny Arcade took, in in Arthur's eyes, took a childish, uh, passive-aggressive route of telling people, well, if you don't like it, don't read our comic. If you're offended by the idea of people wearing this shirt at PAX, you know, we took it off the store, but don't come to PAX. And so... That's, like, the whole thing that, as far as I know, he just feels that Mike was being kind of childish about it. Now, 
my stance real quick on this is that I understand his feelings, Arthur's feelings, but I completely disagree because I feel that any creative, you know, person, like when they create something, they don't have to apologize for it. Um, you know, if, uh, the, my, my, my go-to example is that that's like saying that Bob Saget has to apologize for all his stand-up material if somebody's offended by it. Right. No. Like, uh, Mike is completely in the right in saying that if you're offended by what we do, don't partake in what we do. Um, and that's not being childish. That's being like you know, standing up for your art. And I, I to 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 be fair, I mean, we kind of through at least through his his blog writing, you know, because you know, because Jerry is the writer of the two, right? But through through Mike's blog writing, he he, he is a little childish. He's he he, he you know he he's a little a, a little doofus like on purpose, you know, right? Like, but I you know yeah like the the method at least of of not I shouldn't say the method, but the reaction that he has in terms of like what he is doing, like this is what I did. If you don't like it, then you should feel free to not consume it. Is not childish. Maybe he said it in a childish way, but that's you know that's his own problem. That's that's how he talks. You know. Yeah. Um, not being super familiar with it, I I I went and I looked up a little bit of it, and apparently like now there's a whole fucking tweet war, and like people are are threatening like wouldn't it be? Oh funny yeah, that's if... where it's gone to now is where it's, people are threatening Mike's family, right? Which is oh, fucked God. up. And where, where, that's where are we? that's you know that's not anything to do with the art anymore. That that is now just people being like, you know, now it's my duty to be like a fucking asshole and all that shit. It's like. Um, when LeBron James like defected, and I'm sorry to go into sports, but like when LeBron James defected, sup- supposedly defected, he was like, "I'm going to take my talents to South Beach. I'm going to play for the Miami Heat." And people thought he was stabbing his old team in the back. Then people were like, "Yo, let's get his Twitter account and start insulting him directly through his Twitter." I'm like, "What are you soldiers?" Like a couple of my friends did that. I'm like, "Really? Like is that is there is there a point to it? Like why do you think you're you know you're better than him? Why do you think that you need to go on the internet anonymously? You know." Even if it's through a Twitter account, you know they don't know who you are. You know what? What good is that going to do? And and this is worse. You know they're threatening his family when all he did was draw a comic in which someone else wrote the word rape and the fictional creature dickwolves. You know it's like it wasn't targeting anybody. It wasn't condoning it. You know and and I, I although I do agree with Pete in that like if you're an artist like you shouldn't have to apologize for your work. Like I do understand that there are some boundaries that you can cross. And while you still shouldn't have to apologize, you you know you better be prepared to be you know demonized and sometimes rightfully so. I don't think this is one of those cases because I don't think he's targeting anybody and I don't think he's condoning it. And you know I think they put up like a secondary comic that kind of poked fun at the fact that people were so livid about the fact that oh they're condoning rape when they really weren't. And I think the comic was just pretty much like if you are a rapist, please stop raping. Like stop it. Like and the whole point was like. Look, this is really absurd. No one condones rape except for people who do it. And those people are already, like, ridiculous and stupid anyways. So, like, why would you ever think that we, you know, are in support of this? We just use the word once in our comic. Um, I, I don't... Now, on the flip side, Pete, I don't think that, you know, Arthur... I think his last name is, like, Geese or something. I think it's pronounced Geese. But I, I don't think he's wrong in saying, you know what, I'm not going to go. That's exactly what Gabe said. Or Mike said, if you don't want to come, if you don't want to read our comics, then don't. Um, I do. I, I I am on the same page with you though, as like with with regards to the reasoning. Like, if he didn't like it, fine. But it seems that like he has no problem with it, and it's it seems that he has a problem with Gabe not apologizing. Right? That's pretty much it. Yeah. Like he feels that he is 
like he doesn't. His main reason for not going to PAX is that he feels he's going to be in a like a a huge passive aggressive environment of people supporting this thing through wearing the shirts and like being angry at the people who you know caused the problem to begin with. Though, okay, now that you put it that way, I'm kind of a little more understanding because who wants to go to a convention where that's going to be like. I'm fine with it because I'm not involved in it. I don't really care. But like, if that's gonna if that's gonna put a damper on your enjoyment of the event, like having to put up with people who are like still talking about this thing, that's kind of unpleasant. See, I feel that the, like PAX is big enough that you can avoid all that entirely and still have a good time. There are probably more people at PAX that don't know what's going on than do know what's going on with this thing. Like, I mean, I really didn't know what was going on, and right. like. As a fan of Rebel FM, I would have liked to have like gotten to meet Arthur and go to like the Rebel FM meetup and stuff, and he would have been surrounded by people that actually like are interested in him and his viewpoint and things like that, and not like you know, yeah, just, oh, Ga- Gabe and Taiko are right. Fuck anybody who thinks differently. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know that we know that. I mean, I don't know that you and I can sit here and say, well, it's probably going to be like this because we don't know. The level, like when I went, to, uh, honestly, when I when I went to PAX and I saw the types of people that were there, and I'm not calling out any types, I'm just saying through my observation, um, like I I guess I, I honestly didn't know what to expect, you know, like I knew the type of people, I, like I know the types of the, the several types of people that play video games, I I thought I knew the types of people that read Penny Arcade, um, or that would have heard of this and, and, and wanted to go, and like you know they were, it, it you know to go back to the joke that you know I, I made about. Our friend Megu saying, like, I thought there would be, like, athletic gamers there. And I was like, nope, not really. But, you know, the, I'm sure that there were some out there that I didn't see. And, like, you never know. Like, y- y- I-, I-, I am just skeptical or-, or at least I'm just not ready to say that, like, enough people don't know about this that it would kind of be so diluted. Like, there's going to be one person at least in, like, in in an X-foot radius, I'm sure, that, like, has that shirt on. Okay? And... How loudly one person's thing can speak... That sounds totally gross. How loudly one shirt can say anything is, is, is a lot louder than we can give it credit for. You know, And it, it, it's, it's up to us, it's up to people who are there to decide whether or not they want to be offended by it. And actually, that's not even a decision you make. It's like either you're offended by it or you're not. Or either, you're, either your mood is dampened or it's not. Like it, that that's just a natural reaction that people have and different people have different tolerances for that. Like uh like st- silly stupid example like if if something, you know, happened to like uh, like a relative of mine, um I'm like a random illness or like or 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 or, or rape, you know, god forbid, you know. And I'm not one to be like, well, my XYZ was raped, so this comic is bad. I would never say that. That's because I know that's not what it's about. But, you know, if it came up, like, in the back of my head, it would bring that memory back. And I'd be like, you know what? I, that kind of sucks. That's a little bit of a downer on my experience. So in that vein, I can kind of understand where he's coming from. I still don't agree with the whole, like, well, he didn't apologize, so I'm not going. That's his prerogative, but that's a kind of dumb reason. That That's all I, you know, meant by that. Um, I'm still going, though. So... But, I mean, I don't know. I, I think this speaks more to... Uh, I, I'm more concerned about the Twitter part, about the whole tweeting thing, because that's, that's kind of where I started reading about it. Like, where are we... And, and this, this also just goes back to the fucking online shit when you're playing games. Like, where are we as a society um, in games or on the internet or with technology or whatever that we, that we still... And this isn't... I, I guess this isn't news, right? I mean, like, people will write hate mail... They'll they'll make death threats, like like the whole Valerie Plain thing. All right, people were calling her house. They got her number. This isn't new, but 
I, I, um, did you hear about the Danish uh, artist guy, or photographer? I think he was an artist. He made a caricature of Muhammad, and some dude came oh, in his yeah. house with an axe, and he survived by hiding in his panic room. Holy shit. Yeah. That's yeah. That's nuts. I just... I don't know. I, I, I don't have too much more to say about it just because, like, I'm, I'm getting a little upset now about the whole Twitter thing. Uh, or, or was it through Twitter or was it through, like, email or what? I, I don't remember. Or forums. I don't know. I, I, and I, th- I think people blow this type of shit way out of proportion. Um, I think the people who are, you know, tweeting all this shit back and forth, like, both, fo- both for and against Penny Arcade, need to just put their pu- fucking pitchforks down and go have a Coke and a smile. Because th- this is ridiculous. I mean, like... But I guess this is indicative of society as a whole, right? It like they would do it some they they would do it some other way if they didn't have Twitter. Oh yeah, yeah, they would. But that's I, I guess that's what's more upsetting. I don't know. Um, I don't. Uh, this is just random, but I don't see how someone who how can someone like think to themselves, "I'm offended by what he wrote, so I'm going to make horrible threats." And right. That is, is in some way better than the original thing that offended me. Yeah, I I totally see with you on that, but I I do think that there uh, that um some. Some people who do that aren't doing it so much to be like, I'm better than you, so I'm going to go rape your daughter. It's more saying like, hey, I'm saying this. How does that feel? Like, this is how it feels to have someone talk about that type of stuff. Now I'm doing it to you. Do you like it? You know, that type of like holier-than-thou type of thing. So I can understand the alternate mentality of that. Again, I don't agree with it. I'm just saying that that's probably why like someone would do it in that sense. You know what I mean? Like, how do you... How do you like? We don't like it when you say this. Now we're going to say it to you. How do you, how do you like it? But like, they're not actually saying it to him. They're just doing something completely different. No, they were saying like they were like they were like, wouldn't it be funny if someone went into his house and did this shit to his wife and kids? Which is basically saying like, you were talking about rape and you thought it was funny. So now we're going to be talking about your wife and kids, and you can see it on Twitter. And I'm sure you love it. Uh, you know, how do you feel about that? You know, what yeah. I mean? See, that's just completely different. It's like I, I didn't say but, I was going to rape all of your. Yeah, female like people. I've... It's like okay, now you're attacking me. I gotta say, you're like, people. oh well, let me make a rape joke indirectly and put it on his website or send it to him by email. Like, oh yeah, you know, um, I sent him right. An they're email escalating. That was they're, a rape they they joke. are escalating it. They're escalating. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say from what I heard, it wasn't even just indirect. You know, oh, wouldn't it be funny if this happened to him or something? It's like it's more right. direct threats. Like, I'm going to what? do this. Right. But again, that still falls into like. Again, I'm not defending this at all. I'm not supporting. It. I'm just. Yeah, I'm just, no. I, I, I'm just trying to clarify the point of view why someone would do that. Is like, yes, you're right, Al. It is different. It is an escalation, but it it still falls into that. Like, yo, this is how you come off to certain people. Like, and in order for you to understand why they are so hurt by that, the best way to do it is to now make it personal because only then can you understand. It, it's 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 true. Like. If you're a parent, like sometimes, you know, people say like, oh, you won't like like you, you're not going to you don't get it and you won't get it. Just wait till you're a parent, you know, that type of mentality. Oh, just wait till it happens to you. You know, certain people say certain things and I'm like, oh, that's not a big deal. And they'll be like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, it's not a big deal. Oh, yeah. Wait till it happens to you. And I, you know, I'll be in the dark. I won't know what it's like until it actually happens to me um, again, not condoning it, not defending it, not supporting it, just clarifying like why it. Why it would make sense in a warped person's mind to actually do that, and the reason why they, the reason behind it—it's all bullshit. I shouldn't even, I shouldn't even <laughs> be explaining it. But like, th- there you go. Um, all right, well, Eddie, I have no idea if that's where you were going with the question because you didn't email in your confirmation. But <laughs> thanks for it, anyways. Uh, thanks to Pete for keeping on top of this and knowing what the situation was. Uh, we are going to, uh, unless there's anything else you guys want to say about this. Um, 
Not really. Okay. Going to take I another... I my local artists. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> He's not local. Another quick 30-second breath, and we'll be back with one final discussion topic on stories in gameses and shit like that. Not like the Story in Games podcast we had before. A somewhat different one. Good A nostalgic times. look times. back. <laughs> Good times. Tony! What was that? That was me laughing at how ridiculous you sound on my end. Oh, because I sound like a... Apparently to Pete, I sound like a robot. I think his internet connection sucks. Because Al can hear me fine. And I can hear me fine. So there. Okay, go. Okay. Um, Okay. So, wanted to talk about stories in gaming. and, And more specifically, to the point of interactive and deep stories. The types that you might have gotten with a Fallout, with a Planescape, with a Baldur's Gate. I don't know how much of that there was in Icewind Dale. I think that was more combat-oriented, but, you know, that type of thing. Um, where you, If you look at games today, um, a lot of the great stories that we see are still kind of linear, kind of non-interactive. Take something like Bioshock, where, you know, a lot of people lauded it for its story, but there's, there's, not as, there's nowhere near as much consequence it's just a, an action game through and through, which is not to say that the quality of the story is bad, but it's just different. Um, and I guess I wanted to put it forward to you guys um, to get your, your feeling on um, whether or not we're, we're getting enough of that kind of older school, like anything you say or do can really have a gigantic impact on the world. And like for me, that game is Planescape Torment. Uh, like... Like really, no one playthrough is like the same. Like I played, I played through the first hour because I I need to get back to that game. But I played through the first hour twice, and both times were like completely different. Like I saw completely different areas both times. Like I wasn't in the same. Like I like I couldn't tell you like okay, well I did this, that, and the other thing, and this one thing changed. No, it completely was different. Um, and even with something like Mass Effect, you don't really get that as much. Like you can choose which side quests to go on. You can choose which way to handle the situation, Renegade or Paragon, but and and you tell me because I think you guys have played it more than I have, like more than once. Like if you choose a different dialogue choice, does the progression of your story in terms of like where you need to go and what you need to do in order to advance, does that change drastically or does it not? I, I think that's doubt it because it's a trilogy. The story ends where it's supposed to end, and that's how it ends. And right. the only differences are. Like these certain things, uh, like what you know, like for example, I'm going to be very vague about it, even though this game is like two years old now. Um, <laughs> the decision you had to make at the end of the first Mass Effect carries over to the second Mass Effect, right? But it's not like the game situation at that point would have been any different had you done different things in the middle of the game, right? You still have to make that decision. Right, and that's still, that decision still stands. It's not like, um, you know, how 
for example, in like Fallout 3, you're able to destroy Megaton, and maybe that has an effect on something later on in the game. Like, maybe Megaton was like a major influence in the in the end game if it was still around. It's not like that in Mass Effect. Okay. Right. Probably not like that in Fallout 3 either, but still. I was going to say, from what I know about Fallout 3's story, that really doesn't matter in yeah. the end. Like, wouldn't it be cool the end if plays it out did? The way it's... What? Wouldn't it be cool if it did? That's right, was... yeah. And that's the thing, is like, when you guys say interactive story, I think you mean more like... Um, I, that's what I'm thinking, is that you, you guys mean like that, uh, like it has, like I'm just thinking open world type of, type of games like Fallout 3 or whatever where it's like, like everything does, in, the story interacts with itself more, like everything that happens in the world has an effect on something else in the world, uh, because, uh, yeah, like a lot of games like Fallout 3 and Mass Effect and stuff, like no matter, when it does give you these decisions, it's ultimately, like, not relevant to the final end game because, like you said, Al, it's going to play out the way it's meant to play out. Like, that story's written the way it's written, and, you know, it might have a subtle change on it, but it's still, you're going to come to that end state. Even, like, Dragon Age did it. Like, you can choose all these different things in Dragon Age and stuff, but, you know... It even doesn't at the necessarily very... affect how the game is going to end. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't, because, like, that's the thing, is subtle changes. Even at the very end, that there's a final scene where certain pieces can play out a certain way... Uh, based on your choices. And I guess, like, one choice could completely negate that last scene. I don't know, because I didn't choose it, so I don't know how it works out uh, if you choose this one thing. Um, but, I mean, ultimately, it sounds like, you know, the story was written the way it's written, and aside from changing, like, characters in the end scene or, like, certain bit pieces of information, it's still going to be, ultimately, that ending. Um, and I never played, you know, Boulder's Gate, Planescape, Torn, all, that, all those games, those, like, you know, hardcore PC RPG games, because back then when those were big, I was too busy playing, you know, like, JRPGs on, you know, my PlayStation or whatever. Same uh, here. Or Super NES back then or whatever, you know, like, so it's, I missed out on those games, so I don't know how those actually, like, do play out in terms of, like, you know, like, overarching story, and, like, I, it Austin, it sounds like it, it does really affect the end game and, you know, right. where where things finalize. And stuff well, like I'll, I'll give you an example. All I remember from Planescape, because, again, it was a long time ago, but you wake up in this, um, it, it, it starts off with, like, one of the typical, like, oh, you wake up and you're dead, and, like, you have no memory of who you were, blah, blah, blah. And you're in this, like, giant catacombs with, like, mindless people walking about, and... I'm pretty sure there's more than one, like more than two ways out of that place. And the first time I played it, I took one way, and the se- and, and the second time I played, it, I took another way. Not only that, but the people you talk to, there are like, they're pretty much like five or six dialogue choices almost every time. And depending on the answer that you give, they'll tell you, like in any other RPG, depending on what you tell them, they'll tell you something else, and like you'll follow their advice or you can choose not to. But um. You, you choose to follow one person's advice into this one place. Like, I, the first time I played it, I think I got out and I went to this, like, weird town where there were a lot of people milling about and they were telling me about this, like, oh, there's this obelisk that you have to go find or this monolith or some shit like that. Um, and on my way there, there was, like, a warp portal to somewhere. And again, this is really foggy, but this is what I'm trying to remember. There was this warp portal that went somewhere and... Like, I could have chosen to go in or not, and I chose to, and I was warped to this completely different place uh, that put me in, like, the middle of combat, and after I beat the guys that were there, like, I went to the end of the hallway, and there was this guy talking to me about some totally other shit, you know? <laughs> so it's, you know, it's it's like, it, it, there's so many branches, and it's so many places that you can go, not just from what 
the choices that you have to navigate or fight or whatnot, but the dialogue and everything. And so it's basically like, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to have to go back and actually play it for real and, and, and take note of all the different things that I, that I could do. Um, because this was all in like the first hour or two. You know, and and maybe I could be remembering wrong because I drank a lot yesterday. But I only because you know, of yesterday. No, <laughs> <laughs> yesterday in the past three years. Um, but I don't know. Like I, 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 it's not that I I can't sit here and say this 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 stuff doesn't come out anymore because I I just don't know. Like I'm sure that there are like probably somewhere there's like some independent RPG developer that's making like like I, I think like the Avernum series is supposed to be pretty badass, but I've never played them. It's made by this like one guy, but. Um, <laughs> Isn't the Gothic series supposed to be like that kind of like uh, really, really effect? Possibly, possibly. Um, uh, the only thing I remember about Gothic or even know about Gothic is I've always seen it as a, um, I've always seen it as a, um, a poor man's oblivion. Yeah, that that is that is purely oblivion. that is yeah, purely. I mean, from... Aside from its technical issues, I just heard that it was supposed to be the kind of like. You know, you really do affect the world based on your right. actions and who you choose to side with. And I don't know how that. I, I've never played all the way through Oblivion. I'm I'm still just running around doing random shit that I like. So I have no idea how how that comes about in Oblivion. Um, Why Pete, I don't know if like you I mean, I've so. completely like okay. By completely, I mean like I've gotten you know I uh, played it on the 360 and I've gotten the full thousand achievements. So okay. to me, that was completing it, even though there was still a myriad of stuff I had not actually done in the game. Um, but I you know I went through all the main branches and like even that game no matter what you do like ultimately like th- okay so this is the thing games like I don't oh, I don't know if this gotten if this will have gotten into any of the earlier part of the podcast or if you'll cut it because it was like break talk but we're replying it, this is all us replying to Doc Brown's you know Twitter posts like you've said but may not have gotten in about you know games having story not having stories now that they had then or like acting uh, saying that like I don't know um. <laughs> well, okay, here's what I'm trying to say. Uh, games ultimately end at the same point. Like, there's no other place that they can end other than their final scene. Like, you know, uh, except for death instances. Like, if you die in the game, it's, you know, game over or whatever. Like, there's no way a game can end its story in other any other part of the game except for whatever that final confrontation is and then the end credits roll, right? So, uh, Maybe. keep going. I disagree with that, but keep going. Me too. Okay, because I was gonna. I'm, I'm thinking about Oblivion. Like, you can go down a completely other path in the game, like go down the mage's path or whatever. And when you get to the end, it's not like the game is over because, according to the, uh, according to the, uh, like you know, game itself, you haven't completed the actual main storyline, the main quest line, and completed that and gotten to you know the end credits. So the game is not over. Um, and I like I, I was gonna say because I didn't understand I don't really know what Doc Brown's post were or whatever but like uh it seems like maybe maybe you should just talk I don't want to go into the post yet because that okay. that's not that's not the crux of this question uh that'll he, he wanted to explain it in an email and that's why I didn't want to touch that but to answer what you were saying um there can certainly and I, not that I have an example of this because I've never played a game like that but I don't think it's a realm of impossibility and I'm sure that there's something out there like it but sure there can be different endings to a game and I don't mean like Chrono Trigger like oh you fight Lavos at the end and then like this ending's different because of what you did no I mean you can like sir, a, 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 
an ambitious developer can certainly go out there and be like, let's make different branches of this story. The last encounter doesn't have to be the same every time. You can have a different last encounter depending on what you did in the game. Maybe you don't even have a last encounter. You know, like you, if someone was ambitious enough, they could create a game, and they probably have. Like I said, they have. Um, well, I, I mean, would like I to play. I'm, I'm, I'm not really sure because I haven't played them. Right. But I'm pretty sure that all those, most of those games that I put in the link in the chat, uh, probably have games like they probably have situations like that, like Fallout. Yes, that's what I'm and... like. The, I can't. I was like, that's why I said I haven't played those games, mm-hmm. Boulder's Gate and Planescape that you Walls like. Planescape, like, Planescape. I, d- I don't know how those Talos. games work. Um. Yeah, I think a lot of those games work like that because I, I remember things about Fallout. I didn't actually play it because the reason why I can't really get into all these games is because they take so much time. Oh, like okay, wait, you brought up Fallout. I want to bring that just real quick. Uh, that's my point though, is that the original Fallout, it the, the game you can't end the game anywhere else other than going towards the end thing. As far as I know, like there's no. And by me, uh, by me saying end the game, I'm talking about like the game's end state of saying this game is over. Here are, here the, are credits. the credits. You right. finished the game. Right. Um, and as far as I remember from Fallout, unless you go to the final confrontation in this one place, like the game, no matter what choices you make in the game and where you go and what you do, like it, it's not over until you go do that. And I, that's why I'm saying that like interactivity to me, like if if again, I know you don't want me to bring up Doc Brown things, but this is just where my train of thought was going because you were talking about interactivity and I was saying open world and in my head I'm thinking like if that is that what people are asking or him or other people are asking for is games that will let you end the game be like okay this is the conclusion of the game for my story right here right now as opposed to having right. to all go, always go to that end state right. and I think and I guess what I was saying is that that end state doesn't always have to be the same maybe maybe largely it's been that way but that doesn't mean it has to be that way like that's why that I think that's the beauty of this medium is that it gives you the opportunity to be like nope it could completely end completely differently if you made certain choices ha- again has it been done I got to go back and finish Planescape I got to go back and start Baldur's Gate I don't know but it's certainly not impossible and I think that it's not if someone or if so- I was gonna say if someone or something <laughs> people make <laughs> games on things if someone were to do that it's not against any kind of arbitrary rule of gaming that you have to have one end state. You know right, I mean? and I'm not. I'm not trying to take the stance that okay. that's what I agree with. I, I thought. I thought you were saying that. I, no, I no. I'm just saying that. Like, I don't feel in your like there experience. are games that do that, and I'm not saying I, I would love a game that does that. You know, right. um, but I'm just trying to figure out. Uh, this is why I kind of wish you because I'm still trying to. I'm trying to go off of what I think you were saying. Doc Brown said, and you're not ready to bring that in yet. So that's why I'm like stumbling around right now. I would like a picture of you stumbling around. That would be really funny. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's my audio stumbling around. <laughs> I was doing hand motions, but you couldn't see it. Um, yeah, but I I do think you know just again going back to my experience with Planescape, like the majority of the RPGs that I'm seeing today coming out of Bioware, and I'm, again I go back to Mass Effect, um, is like yeah no they're still highly interactive, but um, my okay so if I chose to. Um, if I chose to kill off a certain character in Mass Effect, it doesn't change the fact that I ha- that you know to to adhere to the story, I have to do main quest A to B to C to D to E. May handle those quests in a different way, but I still have to do them. Which is kind of what you're saying. You you still have to end up getting into certain states. But with Planescape, like 
I might, like, if I had gone through it all, maybe I would have discovered that, like, that first playthrough when I went through the portal, I went from A to F to G to O and then back to B or something. Like, I was doing complete, shit completely out of order. Or I totally skipped giant chunks, you know, of the story because I did something that way. And, you know, I, I guess that brings up a whole, a whole other topic that I actually heard someone touch, uh, touch on in another podcast of why would you do that? Why would you want to keep such a great piece of story away from people just for the sake of having variety. I, I disagree with that. Like that's you should go back and play it. That's your prerogative. But like I I think that that's that that's what it felt like to me. Um and and again I pitched this to you more so because uh you guys play more games than I do. <laughs> and I was uh, I was gonna see think? if you guys came across it. You know, well this week maybe not, but <laughs> And next I week mean, maybe not. And the week after maybe not. Well we'll see about that. I mean as far as story go- games go for me personally, I do enjoy a linear story. I mean, I grew up, again, on point-and-click adventure games, and that's a very linear story, and right. I loved having the story presented to me and, you know, trusting in the writers of the story to give a good story. And Candy Hearts? Now, yeah, Candy Hearts. And even now, uh, I don't know if you want me to bring in Puzzle Quest and Professor Layton right now, because I kind of could, um, but games like, sure. you know... Uh, Alan Wake, I thought was a great game because of it, because it had a linear story. If it tried to be more open ended or something, like with its other shortcomings, uh, that game would have not been as great. So I definitely like linear stories. And okay, I'll bring up uh, just real quick since we're talking about stories. And I said I would bring this up. Uh, I beat Puzzle Agent right, uh, this past right. week, and um, that game was really good story wise. The puzzles. We're okay. Uh, you know, it's it's really easy to compare like a game like that to Professor Layton because they're similar in in effect. Where it's like you're a guy who goes to this strange town or whatever, and like people keep presenting you with puzzles. Um, I have twelve matchstick. <laughs> but the thing, like I I compared them in the way that like Professor Layton didn't in my eyes didn't. I only played the first Layton game, so I don't know about the other ones. But the first Layton game, uh, Curious Village, didn't really have a good story. And it felt like the story was just a venue for them to keep presenting random puzzles to you, because that's what it is. And yeah, Al, puzzle porn. That's what it is. Um, and, and there are a lot of puzzles. There are a lot of puzzles in Professor Layton, and they're all like most of them are good. I enjoyed playing Professor Layton for the puzzles, but Puzzle Agent, the puzzles felt like they got in the way of this really well-written story, which it was, uh, you know, written by a professional writer or whatever, and uh, and like. I was super wrapped up in the story, and every time a puzzle would come up, it just was like, oh my god, I just got to solve this puzzle so I can get back to what's going on. And like I mentioned two weeks ago or whatever it was I was talking about, like, the game has a good atmosphere too, because, like, it was freaking me out. Like, certain things happened that actually, like, kind of creeped me out and made me stop playing for a little while and stuff. Um, and the sad thing about that game is that it, it being a Telltale game, they want it to be episodic, so it ends on this, like, crazy cliffhanger that... You know, I'm really sad that it's probably not going to continue. Um, Sorry about the cat, folks. It's all right. <laughs> I thought it was like a baby or something. No. Um, and uh, so yeah, like uh, even though it's not going to continue, even though it's most likely not going to continue, the story is written in such a great way that uh, even that ending stands on its own in a twisted way. So people should play it uh, for the story. But yeah, uh, that was my final summation of the whole thing. Was that like you know it's funny how Professor Layton was this huge hit and Puzzle Agent was overlooked and I guess that my 
conclusion was that I guess people for people who are into that genre aren't looking for story. Right. They're just looking for puzzles, and I guess I understand that, but it's a shame. They're just looking for the dick. <laughs> it's a shame because, yeah, Puzzle Agent, like, I don't know, as a story game was awesome. And I, I, I've traditionally been not, not been a story guy, and, and when I say that, I specifically mean that if a game is just absolutely phenomenal on a mechanical standpoint, you know, just the act of playing it itself is such you know, such a joy. If it has a shitty story, you know, I I kind of don't care. Whereas if a game has a fantastic story, but is just a chore to play, I have a problem with that. I, you know, I will try to get through it, but the fact that I'm trying to get through it is indicative of the fault of that type of game to me. Um, and I think, you know, it, it's... I, I think this was a pretty interesting or at least relevant topic because as we get closer to you know trying to mature this medium into a place where we can tell a story in our own unique way um you know we're gonna have to start looking away from the whole idea of separating the story and the gameplay like that has to become part of it and i think that you know that whole interactive story thing is is the precursor to that you know or that it is what it is it's just the fact that you know we had to do it through you know text you know, in the old days, may may have been the technical hampering of, of trying to get immersion, but like I, I think that uh, I think that, uh, and I think Sean Elliott talked about this a lot, and when, whenever he would kind of make fun of uh, Sean Elliott being one of the old uh, Games for Windows magazine editors, uh, when he would make fun of people who liked Metal Gear Solid 4's cutscenes as like, oh, such great storytelling, it's so cinematic, and his his stance was like, no. You know what great storytelling is in this medium? Half-Life 2. The interactivity of it, the fact that you're always, you're never taken away from that person's point of view. Um, and so we take that and we go one step further. We, we take that and we, we combine that with not only are you being told a story through this person's eyes and never being taken away from it, but you define what that story is, you know, more so than you do in Mass Effect. Um, and, you know, I think that's finally the day where I'll be like, all right, fine, cool, you know. Good story, like if that that if it's a good story that drives the mechanics, great. You know, I'm down with that. Um, and I don't know where I was going with that, so there, because the cat left. <laughs> it seems like Mass Effect will have a, like based on what they do in Mass Effect Three, they have a chance to really open up the medium if they do let your con- you know choices and consequences from the first two games like completely alter like you know various people's play experience in Mass Effect Three. Like if I have, say, if I made a bunch of different choices between the first and second game than you or, you know, Al did, then, like, if we have three separate, like, play experiences and three, like, completely different endings in three, um, then that's a good sign for, like, you know, like, the future, like, because then all they'd have to do is instead of stretching that kind of stuff out over a trilogy, put it into one game, you know, but... You you know, it's really funny, as I'm thinking about, like the whole interactive story thing and, like, us maturing as a medium, because uh, I just thought of this just now. Um, like, b- could it be this weird paradox where there is this perception that there were more interactive story games before because it was easier to do it because we had less technology available? Does that make any sense? Mm, like, yeah. here, here's, here's what, what I mean is that it's it's kind of like... It's sort of related to the phenomenon where, you know, games are kind of all the same today, or some people think so. They're all shooters. They're all third-person shooters because, hey, we've got to make, we got to spend all our time 
to, to make this game look really pretty and learn this engine that everyone else is using or make our own engine and spend all our time on that and then once we're done making it look pretty and hiring all these beautiful voice actors who you're never going to see and all this shit, then we can kind of work on, like, making it unique. But let's get this one thir- first thing out the door. So it's not more difficult technically to do it, but it's more difficult from a logistical standpoint to do it that way. And so when you go back to uh, the whole story thing, it's like, all right, well, I uh, and, and maybe that's why it takes so long for Square Games to come out because they work so hard on making it look great, and then they work so hard on... Like like crafting this really convoluted for the sake of being convoluted, and I want to punch him in the face kind of story, like Final Fantasy VII, <clears throat> and then like put it to a cinematic, which is going to take even more time. So either you take years to do that, or you make shortcuts and say, you know what, we're going to give you a non-interactive story that we just tell you, and you get to shoot people in the face. Whereas before, let's take Planescape Torment, you had 640x480 window, you drew the sprites, and all it was was, you know, all it was was dialogue choices... And um and you know ones and flipping you know flipping flags to say which one which choices you made which is not to say that you don't do that now in 3D like it's all about like the back end right um whatever decision you make changes a variable in the back end and it shouldn't be affected by graphics but I mean the amount of time that they spend perfecting one thing you know takes away from the time spent on something like a story yeah or at and least I making think... oh, no, I was just going to say, making that story truly interactive and then weeding out the bugs to make sure that no weird shit happens. Um, and, and, you know, because we're not at a point in the medium, and that's why I go back to this maturity thing, uh, we, because we're not at that point in the medium where everything just can work, there's still more obstacles than just, like, oh, we don't have the time to do the story. Well, you don't have the time to do the story. You don't have the time to make it, you know, look like it's got great production values, you know, to make sure... Fucking Fallout New Vegas came out and is fucking unexcusable, yet people still play it, and I wish they wouldn't, but, like, there you go. It's, it's a sign of, like, this is how far we still need to go before we can say, now that we've got all the technology down pat and perfected and working, we can work on innovating the gameplay, designing levels, designing story, you know? And I'll go, I'm sorry, I, I, I made that longer than I wanted to. That's all right. <clears throat> I was going to say, it's also possible that the market is also not willing to accept yeah. a game like that anymore. Yeah, that because too. Because back then, the the types of people who were playing those computer games were probably the more stereotypical geeky kind of people. You know, the what ones who What are you talking have, about? Uh, the, you know, there were people... <laughs> Alright, I, I won't go there. I'll say that there were people who I, no, were No, I, I know exactly what you mean. Who were playing like D&D, which is a true... You know, game that has no true ending, uh, no one ending, no matter what you do. It's not like the Dungeon Master is going to say, uh, and credits, you may do this, you may do that, you may do this, you may do that, but you're still going to face the same final boss at the end of my dungeon. Like, even though there are people who probably do that. Um, you know, that these games came from that type of, you know, live action RPG environment. Right. And now, you know, games that take after the live-action RPG environment don't exactly Stop do saying that. live-action RPGs. Say, say tabletop RPG. Live-action role-playing is LARP. completely different. LARP. I thought that that... Oh, live-action is actually like the, the, the dressing Lightning thing. Bolt. Yeah. I thought yeah. that that was... I thought that tabletop was something completely different. My bad. Tabletop is D&D. Oh, yeah. my bad. Playing on the table. Pen and paper, dice, you know, all that stuff. My bad. Not I've been, I've, I've been doing Lightning it wrong the whole time. I am not. <laughs> Uh, Nothing against LARPers. If you're a LARPer and you're listening, you know. Yeah. 
keep on keeping on, I guess. Yeah, do your thing. <laughs> so yeah, tabletopers. Um, these games came from the tabletopers, and I don't think that uh, the the general market, like the people who buy Fallout, the people who buy Mass Effect, the people who buy um, Oblivion, and you know all the Elder Scrolls games, I don't think that they would be too keen on playing like a true like tabletop experience. There are uh, lots of them who will. Like I probably would, but the problem with with me doing that, like I might as well just go back to Baldur's Gate, is that I don't have the time to. I really right. want to get Baldur's Gate, but I can't justify purchase because I don't think that I'll be able to actually sit down and play it, right? And actually get through the entire thing. Yeah, I, and that that's what I, I think ultimately. You know, whether or not it justify not justifies, I should say, but whether or not you know <clears throat> it's good reasoning to. That's what it almost always comes down to is do people want it? And unfortunately, I, I, I don't think they do. And that's not to say th- – and I'm going to say this very strongly now. That's not to say that they're wrong because just because one th- – it sucks that it means that we get less of uh, less variety. It sucks. But it doesn't mean that what they do demand is automatically bad or worse for it. Like I could – like if you it, – it's – it. A, to me, a good game that's made well is just a good game. If you were to come to me and say, like, blindfold me and say, in your left hand is a game with an interactive story that has multiple endings. In your right hand, it's a linear story. Which game is better? Neither. Like, y- you wait till you wait till I beat it, or you wait till I beat these games maybe multiple times before you ask me that question because, like, I think it's a farce to say that one thing is just it's just better. And and I do realize that there are some things that are better than other things just by nature, like a shit shoveling game. Okay, <laughs> like I don't know. If a shit shoveling game has awesome mechanics, maybe yeah, that's it, exactly like you're right. Like I know I'm making a joke out of it, but you could be right. You know, so y- 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 I'm not gonna sit here and say that like. Oh, you know, the market is asking for something that's worse. But you're right; it, it is kind of the limiting factor of the variety that we are offered. You know, and I think that I, I would certainly like to see, you know, just for the sake of modernizing it and exposing more people to it, I would love to see Planescape remade uh, as it was um, mechanically. Well, okay, let me rephrase that. I would like to see a modern Planescape. I would like to see that game uh, basically in 3D graphics. Uh, with the interfaces that are streamlined for today's usage, but that doesn't dumb down the underpinnings of the game itself. The dialogue options are the same. The the branching stories are the same. Everything that you can do in that game is the same. It just looks prettier and runs better and and allows more people to get their hands on it. You know, I would mm-hmm. like to see that. I would like to see more games of that ilk. Um, it would certainly make it easier for me, or for my eyes at least, to play it because now that I have a fucking 1080p... Now that I have a fucking 1080p monitor, I don't know, you know, what uh, what it would look like. And now there's stuff going on in the chat room. What? Why did you link this, Al? Look at how much the original price is. What? What is Cela? Okay, so Al is linking us. To oh something. shit! <laughs> what? Okay, I'm. I'm it's behind. the entire DLC for this train simulator game, Railworks Two Train Train Simulator. All okay. the DLC comes out to a thousand seventy three dollars and thirty five cents. <laughs> And it's on sale for two hundred bucks. <laughs> you save eight hundred and seventy-three dollars and thirty-six. Well, fuck it. I should buy that just for the savings alone. Holy shit! Wow. You I can't do this believe that this game has a thousand dollars of DLC. That is insane. Wow. 
Or you can buy Sega Genesis Classics 4 for $7.50. Genesis does! $1,000 of DLC. Or you can buy Sega Genesis Classics 4. What's in this? It's probably shit that no one wants. Um, oh. It's Alien Soldier, Gunstar years. Heroes, Landstalker, Light Crusader, Shining Force. You know, actually, this makes me regret buying half this shit on WiiWare. I mean, on Virtual Console, because I could have had this all for $8 <laughs> on my PC, and now I feel bad. Um, so, did you see my message in the chat room? Uh, yeah, I don't know what that is. Oh, oh, the other one. There's a lot of disorganization going on here, folks. You, you, you can bear with us, because it's what makes us entertaining. Um, I only have a few minutes left. Yeah, what I said. I he only has a few minutes left before he has to go poop. Uh, I need to get shit done too, so I think we're going to call it a day. We did okay, it under so two hours. Bring up Doc Brown stuff. We did it under two hours, but he hasn't emailed me yet. Oh, he was going to send an email. Yes, that's what I was saying. He was going to email me a clarif- a, a, a clear, concise viewpoint so because we'll Twitter does not right. offer that. When you're reactive on Twitter, that you end up not uh, doing that. So he wanted to. All right, so maybe we'll continue yeah. this conversation next week. Yes, it will have a slightly different tinge though, because why don't he'll the rest actual... of you email try, mailbag at trygames.net yes. with your thoughts on interactive story stuff and whatnot and poop. www.trygames.net slash email underscore us dot php or mailbag at trygames.net. Do it now before no. the dick wolves rape you. Um, I had one final comment on the story thing. Yes, just like in relation to what you were saying at the very end there about like yes. uh, you know putting a game in your left hand and right hand is that like yes. games really should stand on their own merit whether or not they have story because I mean I was just thinking like look at Super Meat Boy there's no story in that game but that is like probably one of my favorite games of all time at this point and but I'm a huge story guy so like you know that has no story but I let it stand on its own merit it's mechanically sound it's challenging right. it's fun if a game tries to present a story then I will judge that game in and of itself within its own story. Like That's fair. You know. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, you know, games don't necessarily... I don't think there's, like a, like, a dearth of story in the industry or anything like that. You know, there are games that present stories, some well, some don't, and then there are games that just don't have any story but are still amazing games. And that was what makes this medium enjoyable and grand and... Kumbaya, my lord, kumbaya. I bet Railworks has some great story in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the best story, story ever. Spending a thousand dollars. Story is we got your DLC. fucking money. Where? Woo woo! All right, Pete. Yeah. Where do you live? Uh, j- I don't know. Twitter. Twitter.com <laughs> slash Riven. Twitter.com slash ry vagina vagina nipple. In case you we were wondering, but nobody cares. The Steam Boost thing. I discontinued it for now because of life events. Al, you won. Okay. I know. What? <laughs> I'm like, what? Awesome. Really? Holy crap! Awesome. <laughs> Um, uh, what what was the challenge sale. that Al won? What's that? Austin? What was the challenge that Al won? No, like it was a drawing out of because everyone who completed the challenges, I like you know gave them an entry per. Oh right, but what was the challenge? What was the challenge this week or last week or whatever? Last week he didn't. That he I mean, won. he didn't get the challenges from last week, but he had stuff from before. Last week was uh, the minus world beat minus worlds from Super Meat Boy. Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I got one. one uh, entry for the audio yeah, one. Based on random drawing, Al won the <laughs> main drawing. And some other guy won the Twitter drawing, and I gave I him st- his gift. But I'm waiting for. I, I still, I still need and want to install the copy of Ghost Recon uh, Advanced Warfighter for PC that you that, that you oh, said oh, Charlie you winning. gave you. Yeah. Oh, was it Charlie? I thought it was you. No, that was Charlie's copy. Okay. Man, we look shady now. 
Charlie fucking giving you a prize, me giving Al a prize. Shit, I was this was years ago. Come on. And in my defense, there were only like five people in the fucking group. <laughs> um, Al, where do you live? Uh, Twitter.com slash DRedMage. Uh, XLM2K.blogspot.com. So is that D-R-E-D-M-A-G-A-R-R-G-A-J-R? Something like that. Because you went R-R-R. Red Mage. You can find me at www.sharkversusoctopus.com. The versus is spelled out. You can tweet me at M R C H U P O N, not zero, but O. Mr. Chupon with an O. Zero is only whenever I sign up for something and some asshat fuck bastard took the O, which happens quite frequently. I hate asshat fuck bastards. Yeah, don't you too? Tweet me there. Also, obviously, trygames.net. I still have to get these stupid reviews out of my ass. Um, ooh, whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Go to www.drfishypants.com. The word doctor is spelled out. You can also go to www.austindlight. Oh, not I have the to word, plug something. Not the word delight, but the letter D and then the word light.com. Both friends from of the site and of GameSpotness. And everyone loves dinosaurs. Go say hi to Maurice. Uh... And GamingTheMedia.com. Thanks to both of those guys for continually supplying us with good questions and topics. Follow them, or at least you could see Doc Brown's tweets if you want to get something out of context at... Let me make sure I get this right. Uh, at Doc. Doc Brown underscore G-T-M. Again, that's Doc Brown underscore genitalia, titties, and mouth-to-mouth. GTM, um, but you could go. You could go see their site on www.gamingthemedia.com. And Pete has something else to plug. Okay, so a while ago, uh, like maybe back like November, December, son, uh, the uh, a guy named the Roadhead Alex. Uh, he listens to our podcast, and he. What do we, I think he. I love me. Roadhead. I, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we. It was. Oh, it was during the tre- Steam Treasure Hunt thing. He helped me get an achievement on some game, I don't remember what it was. Maybe it was Left 4 Dead 2 or something? I don't know. He helped me with achievement uh, for the treasure hunt thing. And okay. I, he was like, you know, I thanked him and he was like, hey, no problem. If you get a chance, listen to my podcast and, you know, if you like it, plug it on. Ah, try he games. has a podcast. Yeah, so I, I, I actually did listen to it. I think I listened to like eight or nine of his like 15 episodes I think he's into. I like thought I, you were going to say I listened to eight or nine minutes of it. I was like, don't say no, that on no, the air. I've been, li- I've been <laughs> listening to the entire run from when, okay. like, number one up to Wherever I am now, which is yeah, I'm on episode eight, and I think he's got thirteen episodes out now. Uh, it's him and some Australian guy named Gary. I think his name's Gary. Is it Gary Witta? No, no, he's I think, British. I, Damn it! I think his name's Gary. Anyway, uh, if you like listening to Australian guys talk, yeah, the guy's name is Gary. You should totally listen to this podcast. It's called. <laughs> if you uh, like listening to Australian, guys. it's called That Game Podcast. Oh, I, that one. I love. Oh, that's to that game guys. podcast. Yeah. I love listening to Australian guys talk, and the guys, they're, they're pretty funny and stuff. I mean, they're a bit more low-key than us, so if you want, like, a serious podcast and not people talking about boobs and poop and rain simulators, rain simulators, ra- train simulators. Rain simulator. So, did you guys see that new rain simulator? Um, it, it was pretty heavy. Oh, Zane. I love it. Um, so, yeah, their, their podcast is uh, enjoyable. I said give it Jason. a listen. Give it a listen, and if you like Jason. us, you might like them, too. Um, Jason. You might take them more seriously. Bye. No one can take anyone more that seriously. That game than podcast us. is now plugged. Yeah, my debt is um, owed <laughs> or your paid. Debt is owed. Whatever. Your debt paid. is owed. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> but I'm gonna still I'm gonna keep listening to it. Hey, if you I love listening to Australians talk, McDove, you need to start sending in questions again. Hell yeah, audio questions, McDove. Where are your audio Australian questions? Australian men. I've <laughs> <laughs> I've actually never heard McDove's questions because he's always written them in and never audioed them. And I think he needs to audio them. McDove, if you're still alive, buddy, uh, Pete misses your sunglasses. I, Hell yeah. I, I have I have no words for that except for do do what you want to do, Pete. If McDove takes out an international restraining order against I you, I met an Australian guy at a party here in Boston, yep. and I wanted to be his friend. Yeah, but after the party, I, I never talked to him again. I never no. saw him again. No, you fail. We had a misconnection. That's I'm ashamed of you. I'm ash- I'm ashamed to be your friend for Al. I would just like to say that every time I watch Law and Order, at the end, I say Dick Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic! That's not that's a lie. Fantastic. That's not a lie. No matter Dick how Wolf. epic the episode is, or how how fucked up something happens at the end, somebody Dick dies, Wolf. and he, or they can't solve the case. Dick Wolf. <laughs> oh God. Oh, maybe maybe these people who hate Penny Arcade are agents of Dick Wolf. I don't know. Uh, for Pete, I'm really worried about how I came across this episode, saying how I'm like Australian guys, and I'm a fan of Lady Gaga. So <laughs> I think we should just not put up this entire episode. Ain't nothing wrong with that, son. I am your host, Lady Kaka, and we're gone. (laughs) So I'll stop and I'll talk about puzzle. I'll talk about puzzle. Quest later, I just dropped fucking candy hearts everywhere. Candy hearts all over my keyboard.